You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 7th of April. I'm John Heffernan from our Customer Treasury Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB's Chief Economist Oliver Mangan to discuss the economic impacts from the actions taken globally to tackle the pandemic. Ollie, our latest weekly market brief available on FX Centre website is entitled Labour Pains which calls out the immediate impact on unemployment in Ireland and the US that we've seen from the actions to deal with the coronavirus. You might give our listeners an overview of what has gone on in the US and Ireland with this regard. Yeah, that's certainly true. We're beginning to see the wave of negative economic data come through at this stage for March in terms of the dramatic impact that the measures to contain the spread of the virus is having an economic activity. I think the the labour market data have grabbed the headlines. We have a thing in the US called weekly jobless claims where people who lose their, their jobs sign on for assistance. And what we've seen has been a rise of 10 million in the number of claims in the past fortnight in the US. 6.5 million last week, 3.5 million the previous week. To put that in context, you know, when we go back to the deep recessions of 1982 or the financial market crash, the the highest rise we saw in any week was 700,000. So here we have in the space of two weeks, 10 million people have been added to the dole queues in the US. So that gives you you a pretty clear indication of the dramatic impact. Effectively, the the shutdown of large parts of the economy is having in the labour market. Uh, Close to home here, we have the live register, which measures people signing on. And there again, I mean, it had been around 180,000. The the increase there was in in March was 330,000, which took to above the 500,000 level. Again, we've never seen figures like this before. And then if you look at the PMI data that came out last week, the survey data of manufacturing and services, uh, particularly stark figures globally for the services sector, which have been most impacted by the, the, the lockdowns. The, the indices there, I mean, the Irish index was quite strong. It was up at 60, which was pointing to, you know, really strong growth in February. That fell all the way down to 32. And we've seen similar readings or lower readings for the Eurozone, the UK, etc. And again, to put that in the context, I mean, th- that decline happened in the space of a month and it fell to the low points of the recession of 2008-2009 in terms of that particular index. And back in recession, it takes 12 or 15 months to get to those sort of low levels. And we've seen it in the space of a month on this occasion. So so what the data clearly show is that economies have su- suffered a very severe and very sudden shock in economic activity. And the impact is immediate in terms of businesses being shut down and a very sharp rise in the level of unemployment. Wow, that, those numbers are startling, Ollie. Have we seen any kind of projections on what the impact will be on a global basis? Um, yeah, well, yeah, we have actually. Yeah, yeah, we have. I mean, some of the major international banks are forecasting declines of five, six, maybe even up to eight percent this year in terms of GDP. But economies recover, recovering next year and bouncing back with similarly strong growth rates of five, six, or maybe eight percent. We had some good work published last week by the OECD, and they were looking at quarter two in particular, and what they see is really a collapse in output levels in most economies in the second quarter as a result of the lockdowns. Now, the OECD are estimating that the containment measures could see declines in output of between 20 and 30% in most economies in the second quarter. And as a result, they believe that GDP for the year as a whole, I mean, they expect activities to recover in the second half of the year, but for the year as a whole, you could get declines of GDP of the order of 5 or 6% 
Now, obviously, the decline in GDP is clearly dependent on how long the lockdowns last for. The, the OECD's analysis was assuming a lockdown that lasted for in around three months. The, the rule of thumb they gave is that for most economies, we're likely to see a decline around two percentage points in GDP for the year for each month that the lockdown persists. Thereby, if you have a lockdown of two and a half, three months, you get a decline in GDP for the year as a whole as of the order of five to six percent. Obviously, they expect, you know, as the lockdowns ease, that activity will pick up. But there is lost output. You can think of the construction sector, you can think of the manufacturing sector, you can think of a lot of the services sectors that are shut down. That lost output won't be regained, even though activity will recover strongly. Uh, in the second half of the year. So you know, they're, they're pretty dramatic falls in terms of output from the second quarter and indeed for the year as a whole. And bringing it closer to home, can you spell out for our listeners what those impacts are going to look like here in Ireland? Obviously, I mean, Ireland's an open economy and we have our own restriction measures in place here. But interestingly, th- th- that OECD work that I was talking about, I mean, they analysed around 50 countries. And actually, Ireland had the smallest projected decline in GDP in the second quarter. They estimated GDP here would decline by around 15%, compared to between 20 and 30% in other economies. Now, that actually reflects, I suppose, the unique composition of Irish output and exports. The economy here, exports in particular, are dominated by the large multinational companies operating in sectors like the pharma sector, medical devices, ICT, which is your software, computer sector, and financial services. And these tend to be less negatively impacted than other sectors by downturns in the global economy. And particularly by the coronavirus, you can think in relation to pharmaceuticals, medical care devices, big demands for those products. Now, you know, notwithstanding that, the domestic economy here is experiencing a severe contraction in activity. I mentioned the labour market data earlier on, the rise of 330,000 in jobless claims here. The exchequer returns last week uh, from the government. Again, the public finances were in a very strong state up to February, but the March exchequer returns showed a big rise in government spending, but also you know a sharp fall in tax revenues. So we have been projecting a budget surplus here, but we're all quite obviously at this stage heading for a large budget deficit in 2020. So Ireland won't escape the, the impacts of this. We're an open economy. There's been a lockdown in place here in the last couple of weeks. So we are going to see big declines in output, but it might be mitigated somewhat by the nature of output and exports here, thanks to the presence of those large multinational companies and the sectors that they operate in. And looking forward to the week ahead, the data seems pretty light, as you typically expect around the Easter period. With regards to the currency markets, your dollar ended the week just below 108, having started at 111, whilst we saw a more stable look to euro sterling over the course of the week ending just below the ADAP. What's your view in the short term regarding further moves in either currency pairs or in currencies in general? Yeah, well, first in regard to sterling, I think what we had there was a very sharp fall in sterling in the middle of March. It fell dramatically, but it has recovered over the last couple of weeks and we're back towards ADAP. Had, you know, the euro had been as high as 95 so a very sharp fall followed by a recovery. So I think that decline in sterling may have reflected just very poor liquidity in the markets at the time and even small movements in currencies can see exaggerated price movements so sterling looks to be over the worst but i mean there's a warning there for people that sterling can move very rapidly and by quite a large amount in a very short space of time 
in terms of the euro dollar, I think the best description I can say is it drifted lower over the course of last week. You see, it started at 111, got down to 108. No particular factor at work. Now, it is true that the the news on the coronavirus coming out of Europe in the last week or 10 days has been particularly bad, particularly in Italy and, and Spain, and some disappointment that we haven't had a coordinated response at a European level to the issue, and some disagreements in terms of how we might respond in terms of some corona bonds or support for states that are badly impacted, etc. But I think it's important to remember that um, the, the currency remains quite range bound. I mean, over the course of last year or over the last 12 months, 107 to 114, 115 has contained all the price action in the exchange between the euro and the dollar. And that remains the case. I would say to maybe let's just watch out for the 107 level. Uh, if that gave way, it could point towards a further down in the euro towards 104, 105. Now, that was the lowest point we saw in the last 20 years, which has reached in 2004, sorry, 2014, 2015, 2016. So if 107, it's a big support level there for the euro. If that gave way, we could be testing those 20-year lows we saw a number of years back. But I think for now, I think range trading seems to be the most operandi within the currency markets. Generally, markets have been... Um, have been reasonably stable in the last week or so. And just finally, Ali, markets have been more stable in the past week, all things being relative. And borrowing from the title of your latest examiner piece, is there any cause for optimism in this our darkest hour? Yeah, well, if you look at the stock markets, they obviously have fallen very, very sharply. And I think to a large extent, they have priced in that very steep decline in output that the OSD has been talking about in the, in the second quarter of the year. Now, the numbers are still you know, shockingly bad in terms of the uh, the number of deaths, particularly in Europe, etc. But there are signs in a number of European countries that the coronavirus outbreak may be reaching a peak. Now, I think it's true to say that in the US and in the UK, we still have a very rough couple of weeks ahead of us. But in mainland Europe, if the number of cases start to fall back appreciably, then I think we could see a review of the lockdown measures later on in the month and it could start to ease back, which obviously would be welcomed in terms of the economy and markets, etc. So I think you know markets are beginning to look, I say the stock markets in particular have priced in the very sharp fall and output that we expect in quarter two. What they're looking towards at this stage is how long will the lockdowns remain in place and what will the rebound in activity look like? You know, we, we have seen stock markets come off their lows and there may be a bit of optimism there that the very almost unheard of measures that have been put in place in terms of trying to co- contain the coronavirus outbreak are beginning to show some signs of success. And if we can get, I think ramping up testing is important as well. And if we can get that combined with fallback in the number of cases, then I think the measures will remain in place over Easter. But maybe later on in the month, we may see a number of governments begin to review the lockdown measures and start to ease them back gradually or relax them. These are not going to be lifted overnight. But, for example, the shutting down, for example, the construction sector, that could be eased. But we need to see clearly a peak in the number of cases, the number of deaths, and some evidence that the cases, number of cases are falling back, better testing. But there is a bit of optimism in markets that in the darkest hours before the dawn, by the time this month is out, the worst may be behind us. We may begin to relax the lockdown measures and then the folks will turn to the recovery, the pace of the recovery. And uh, you know, there's some hope out there as well that the measures taken by both central banks and governments 
I mean, they're not just designed to mitigate the worst impacts on households and businesses uh, of the lockdown measures, but also hopefully to put in the floor and basis for you know a strong recovery as the year progresses and the lockdown measures are eased. So some grounds for optimism in markets that we may be near the darkest point, as the article says, in terms of the coronavirus outbreak. And over the next week or two, the numbers will be bad. But beyond that, there may be grounds for hope that we'll be through the worst and the lock- lockdown measures can start to be eased back by the end of the month. Oliver, many thanks for the update. And a big thank you to all our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. And for those customers impacted, you can find the details of AIB support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. To stay up to date on all latest market developments, please subscribe to AIB Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Please stay safe and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.